we inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to The Core here on American Family Radio Network. Good to be with you today on the program, AFA at the Core. I'm Walker Wildman. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast over at our podcast uh, or every podcast store. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can subscribe to The Core. Just go to your uh, nearest or whatever podcast store you use. Type in AFA at the Core. Uh, the show will come up. You click the little plus button or subscribe button, and uh, the podcast will be queued up to your uh, mobile device or your tablet uh, each and every day of the week uh, with the latest podcast for you to listen to at your convenience. And uh, so I, I want to encourage you to do that. And many of you listened on our American Family Radio network around the country uh, but the podcast is another great way to listen because if you can't listen to the entire live show through our FM radio network, you can listen at your convenience via the podcast option. Uh, another thing I want to let you know and be aware of is that we do live stream the video each weekday. We do live stream the video over on our streaming platform, streaming.afa.net, streaming.afa.net, and we are on Facebook live streaming on AFA at the Core's Facebook page. So a plethora is the the word I like to use, a plethora of ways to listen and watch the Core. Jumping into our scripture for the week, we are in Psalm chapter 49. Psalm chapter 49. David says in verse 16, Be not afraid when a man becomes rich, when the glory of his house increases. For when he dies, he will carry nothing away, for his glory will not go down after him. So David is reminding us this week, uh, right out of Psalm chapter 49, that our material wealth will not follow us into eternity, but what will follow us into eternity is the work that we do for the kingdom and the work that we do for God's kingdom and the investments we make in eternity or for eternity's sake, uh, those investments, rather, uh, will follow us into eternity. And whether that be uh, good or bad, uh, if you make uh, poor decisions, if you turn your back on God, if you uh, uh, delve into wickedness and sin, and reject God, uh, that will follow you to the judgment throne. That will follow you to the judgment uh, seat if you invest in God's kingdom, you submit yourself to him, you confess your sins, and you turn your life over to Christ, and you live in, in, in willful obedience to God's calling on your life and what his word says and how we should conduct ourselves, and you uh, rely on the Holy Spirit, and uh, and you really uh, obey his word, uh, that will follow you as well uh, uh, to Judgment Day. 
So uh, your actions, your deeds uh, will follow, uh, but material things and, and, and worldly riches will not follow us into eternity. So let's remember that each and every day. Let's remember what is important. Well, jumping into the show, we are going to have a special guest uh, in the second segment of the show today. Uh, here in a little while, we'll have on a special guest. Um, Steve Warren is who we'll have on, founder of Code Flip Academy. Pretty interesting topic we're going to talk about, uh, more techie, if you will. Um, he's he's, he's uh, running a very successful nonprofit uh, that uh, emphasizes and helps people uh, train on coding, on computer coding, uh, which, of course, can be used for some very good and noble purposes. So we'll talk to Steve in the next segment. Uh, about some of the work he's doing and uh, some of the uh, need for Christians to be involved in the tech industry, in uh, computers and uh, the Internet and all the various uh, advancements in technology. Uh, we got to have Christians involved in each and every aspect of that uh, so we can continue to be salt and light. Well, jumping into some of the topics I want to make sure we discuss today, I've, I've mentioned this pretty often, but really can't be said too much. This uh this climate change agenda, this uh, global – it used to be called global warming, but the the whole, you know, Green New Deal and we got to drive electric vehicles and, uh, you know, recycle your plastics, even though that's not necessarily a bad thing. But you get the gist, you know, the uh, 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 cows uh, are, are bad for, for the environment. And, uh, and your gasoline-burning car, you ought to be ashamed of it, and the list goes on. Um, that really, that whole agenda is, first off, it's built on, on very, very faulty reasoning, very faulty science, if any science at all. And it attributes um, a rise, uh, the, the, the once rise in global temperatures, it, it attributes it to, they call it man-made climate change or man-made global warming. And, and basically to sum it up and to keep things simple here, as I'm known to do, um, they, they say that because you and I drive cars or use you know fossil fuels in, in a roundabout way to, to run our electricity at our home or our business, because we do that, you and I, uh, we are causing the world to the earth to warm to uh, uh, dangerous levels, and in order to get that under control, we've got to make drastic lifestyle changes, and we got to ditch fossil fuels, and uh, so that's basically the, the the narrative out there. That is the narrative out there, um, and, and people are really guilt tripped into this each and every day. But this this folks this comes with some serious dangers. All right. Uh, ditching fossil fuels, which fossil fuels are not single-handedly, but largely responsible for much of human flourishing in the past 50 to 100 years. Uh, fossil fuels have, have led and, and enabled humans to prosper in, to, to historic levels. I mean, you think about all of the energy we use each and every day. I mean, let's just think about it. All of the foods that we eat, all of the energy uh, sources that fuel our homes, our businesses, our vehicles, 
our batteries and our computers and our smartphones. I mean, everywhere we go, we're using energy. The lights on in buildings, a heating and cooling buildings. I could talk for an hour about energy and all that it fuels. But uh, every source of Western civil every if a part of Western civilization relies on fossil fuel producing our produced energy. All right, whether it be coal or natural gas, liquid propane, which those two are interchangeable to a certain degree, um, gasoline, uh, diesel. Uh, then you uh, you get into other uh, sources of energy, which are not necessarily fossil fuels, but you've got nuclear power plants. Um, and then you get into some of the more modern uh, sources of energy. You've got some solar, some wind, and some hydro plants, which are very, very efficient. Uh, I mean, are very, very affordable to run as well. Um, but fossil fuels makes up a, a, a majority of American energy as far as where it comes from. Um, but the idea that we can just ditch fossil fuels is a very, very bad idea, not rooted in science. And man is not causing the earth to warm. I mean, we're just not. And when the Earth actually stopped its warming cycle, its couple of decade long warming cycle, uh, and it actually the Earth actually started cooling again, which it goes through various cycles because that's how God created it to do. When it started cooling, the left and the globalist and the people that want to use this hoax agenda to control you and me, when it started cooling, they said, "Uh oh." Our agenda is called global warming, and it's not warming anymore. What do they do? They go back to the drawing board, and they leave everything in place except for the terminology, and they replace it with climate change. All right? Brilliant move, but wicked move in one sense because you really can't nail them down. If it's raining, uh, you and I caused it. If it's a drought, you and I caused it. If it's cold, it's because of you and I driving our, our, our gasoline-burning vehicles. If uh, it's really warm out there, then it's it's mine and your fault. So it's really a win-win-win for these uh, people that are pushing this agenda. But the end result has very devastating consequences if you follow their agenda and you adopt it. Uh, let's see. The, the Dutch government – listen to this. This is absolute insanity. But coming to a, a, a state near you, this is the Dutch government – Number one, in the Netherlands, I'm learning this right now, the Netherlands has a has a uh, nitrogen minister. Did you know that? <laughs> this is a government position. The, the nation or the country of the Netherlands, um, they over – this is over in Europe, uh, otherwise known as the Dutch government. They have a nitrogen minister. What a waste of tax dollars. So they are shutting down because here, here's, here's part of this theory is – part of this lie is that cattle, right? Listen to this. Livestock – This I know you're going to laugh at this, but just, just hear me out. This is what they believe, seriously. Uh, these green fanatics, these tree huggers, they think that because cattle – Go to the restroom. Let's keep this family friendly because the, the, the cattle or the livestock or the, the cows 
go to the restroom, what, when you're talking to your kids, you say number two, they attribute that to releasing carbon into the air or methane, and then they say that that's, that's the leading cause of global warming or climate change, depending on who you talk to. So they are – the Dutch government is forcibly closing the, – the government shouldn't even have this much control, but over here they do, or over there they do. The Dutch government is, is forcibly purchasing and closing down 3,000 livestock farms in the Netherlands. This is, ins- this is insanity. Listen to this. 71% this is reading from a PJ Media report. 71% of the earth's atmosphere is made up of nitrogen, but we're told that that's too much that, that that too much of it can be very very bad. So the nitrogen minister of the Netherlands, yes, that's a real job, <laughs> is spearheading a government effort to drastically reduce nitrogen emitted by too much greenery, especially on very productive farms and especially close close to environmentally sensitive areas. Farmers in the Netherlands have been at war with the government over nitrogen emissions uh, ever since the government announced that there would be a 50% reduction in nitrogen emissions by 2050. Dairy farmers, listen to this, are especially hard hit. This is what I'm talking about, livestock. Because waste from the 1.6 million dairy cows in the Netherlands is the largest contributor to what they call nitrogen, quote-unquote, pollution. So, in some regards, we have, well, in many regards, in certain places around the world, there's a need for more food. And, uh, you know, after COVID, with all the supply chain kinks, they say, you know, get ready for food shortages. Or, uh, we need more you know, beef processing facilities, et cetera, et cetera, whatever the excuse. The last thing the world needs is to shut down 3,000 more farms in the Netherlands. You talk about causing people to go hungry. Let's shut down 3,000 farms. That's a great idea. Terrible idea. And people are actually going to suffer. There's going to be a shortage in the Netherlands of certain foods because of this terrible decision. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core here on American Family Radio. Glad to have you with us today. I'm Walker Wildman. I'm your host for The Core. Don't forget to check out our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Just type in AFA at the Core and uh, click the subscribe button, and uh, the podcast will be queued up in your library each and every day that we upload it. Uh, so once again, thanks for being with us. Uh, I do want to introduce our next guest. We have on with us uh, Steve Warren. He's founder of Code Flip Academy. This is a organization or a company that Steve founded. Uh, Steve, thanks so much for joining AFA at the Core. Thanks for having me. 
Uh, Steve, uh, let, let's uh, let you tell our audience, since this is your first time on the show, tell our audience a little bit about your background and uh, what led you to uh, start this company called Code Flip Academy. Sure. Yep. So my name is Steve Warren. I'm the founder of Code Flip Academy. I'm an IT professional with over 20 years of experience. And, uh, I, you know, I started this organization a couple years ago um, to teach people um, software engineering and to help them uh, get into that uh, career. Well, uh, the, the of course, you've got an extensive uh, a background in, in uh, probably code development, technology, IT mm-hmm. kind of. I don't know. I know some of the lingo, but not all of it. Uh, but I know you've got you've got uh, software developers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you mm-hmm. started this this organization or this entity called Code Flip Academy, obviously to train up the next generation, if you will, uh, of software developers. Uh, but what where does this kind of intersect with your faith, as far as you know what what uh what made what made you want to start this academy? Yeah, well, I think it's important for Christians to uh, have center stage in the IT industry. You know, I think, um, you know, Christians' representation is severely lacking in today's industry. So, uh, you know, my goal here is to train people, train the next generation, and, and teach them Christian values while doing so. Yeah, the the need, of course, as I, I say this pretty often, but um, the need for Christians uh, to to be engaged and and active in all facets of society and various different careers is obviously a very good thing. We need to be salt and light, uh, you know, in whatever career path we choose. But technology, you know, it's the thing right now, if you will. Um, it's uh, everywhere you turn, and um, it's not even—it's nowhere near maturity, if you will, as far as the industry. Uh, a new stuff coming mm-hmm. out every day. Uh, but what what is what is from a practical level? Let's say a young person or even someone of any age says, "Look, I want to—I want to go through this Code Flip Academy. I'm a Christian. Um, I, I'm semi-familiar with technology, but I want to learn more." I want to be a developer. I want to work for a tech company or maybe work for my church, building websites, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does the academy look like from a day-to-day practical standpoint? Yeah, so what differentiates us from other programs, boot camps, or universities is uh, we do the flipped model. So uh, from home, um, they'll watch the, the lesson plan online and uh, come in person and do the homework And while we have experience instructors there helping them along the way. So again, the point is just focus on apprenticeship and being an example and uh, getting a lot of hands-on experience for our students. Excellent. And uh, and so so let's say somebody participates, they, they go through some of the online stuff, and then they have to do some in-person instruction or in-person training. Uh, you guys are at least mm-hmm. headquartered in Iowa. Does, does, does all that in-person stuff happen in Iowa, or do you guys have different kind of annexes around the nation? Yeah, currently we're in Iowa operating out of there, so it is in person here, um, but we are making steps to grow uh, across the country and have training stations elsewhere. Gotcha. Well, uh, one last question, Steve, and then we'll let you tell tell folks what your website is if they want to check it out. Uh, what's what's the age range that, that folks uh, can participate in uh, Code Flip Academy? Yep, so wide age range, so as young as 17 all the way on up. So 17 plus, basically. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Correct. Excellent. So uh, to our audience out there, if you are uh, 17 years or older, 
you're interested in technology, maybe you got a little bit of, of technology experience and, and you want to be a developer, a coder, and maybe use those skills in your career moving forward. You want to be salt and light. You want to be a believer and, and, and share your faith in the workplace um, or maybe even work for a ministry. Uh, check this out, uh, Code Flip. Academy. Once again, we've been talking to uh, Steve Warren. He's the founder of Code Flip Academy uh, corporate, uh, Company. Uh, Steve, uh, any last uh, encouragement for, for uh, young people growing up and interested in technology and development? Uh, any, last, uh, any, any last word or encouragement uh, for young people maybe interested in this field? Yeah, I'd say go for it, and uh, don't be afraid to try things out. There are free resources available online. And, uh, again, you can reach out to us, and we can help and provide guidance. But we definitely need a need for Christians uh, in the IT community. And also we need entrepreneurs, Christian entrepreneurs, and people with ideas to build upon technology and build the next Facebook, build the next Twitter. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, Steve Warren, thanks so much for coming on the core. Uh, Codeflip.academy, is that the URL? Yes, it is. Okay, great. Code flip, that's one word, C-O-D-E flip, F-L-I-P dot academy. Uh, That's the URL. Steve, thanks so much for coming on the core. All right. Thank you for having me. All right. That's uh, Steve Warren, founder of Code Flip Academy. Code flip dot academy is that URL training uh, people 17 years and older on software development and uh, technology coding um, that they can use in their career path, use to start their own company, nonprofit, work for ministry, et cetera, et cetera. Of course, doing it all from a biblical perspective, all with a kingdom mindset. Very, very, very much important. Well, moving on to a few other uh, topics I want to mention today on, on, on this segment, and then we got one more segment left after this. Uh, but I want to, I want to remind us, uh, what Biden said, and I played this clip several weeks back, but I want to remind us what President Biden said during his campaign in 2020 about the energy sector. So we're looking around now, and by the way, you're seeing fuel prices go down. They're not going down to pre-Biden levels, but they are going down. And and you go, great, Biden's getting our gas prices down. Well, slow down before you give credit to Biden for getting our gas prices down. The reason fuel prices are down is because our economy's in the tank. Our economy is in the tank. But, Walker, look at the GDP numbers. Well, yeah, but look at the inflation numbers, all right? So our economy's struggling, and, and until inflation goes away, uh, we're going to have problems, and uh, much of the problems will probably uh, uh, come to fruition in 2023, uh, but that's why fuel prices are down. Energy prices are down slightly uh, because uh, inflation is up and consumers are spending and traveling uh, less. That's why the fuel prices are where they are. But let's listen to President, uh, now President, then candidate Biden, openly telling us that he hates American energy. Clip one. No more drilling. There is no more drilling. I haven't formed any new new drilling no more drilling on federal lands no more drilling including offshore no ability for the oil industry to continue to drill period 
ends. Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in the Biden administration? No, we would would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated. We're going to be shutting these plants down all across America. No one's (laughs) going to build a coal-fired plant again, and we're going to get rid of the ones we have now. I guarantee you. We're going to end fossil fuel. What about, say, stopping fracking and stopping yes. new pipeline and yes. infrastructure? And, pipeline. And, and, exactly. and There's no question I'm in favor of banning fracking. No more, no new fracking. We are going to get rid of fossil fuels. Have a transition from the oil industry, yes. There you have it. We'll uh, absolutely transition away from the oil industry. I mean, you, who needs fossil fuels? I mean, we can run the whole White House off of solar panels, can't we? And... Nope, you can't because you don't have enough acreage at the White House to put enough solar panels to run the White House. And then on a cloudy day, what do you do? So um, that's Biden telling us what he's going to do, and that's what he has been doing. That's what he has been doing. There's been record, I would say record low investment, but there's really been record no investment in new refining capacity for uh, the fossil fuel industry, specifically refining for gasoline uh, for oil. There's been hardly any, if any, I know for certain the last couple of decades, there has been no new uh, refineries, oil refineries brought online. No new oil refineries brought online. And you say, why is that? Because for the last 10 to 20 years, the the globalists and the tree huggers have been demonizing the oil industry and suing them into oblivion and over-regulating them, over-regulating them, over-regulating them. This goes back to Clinton, Bush, Obama, etc. And so, so when you have an industry like the fossil fuel industry and the oil industry, when you have an industry like this that is very much needed, but you've got the political class in Washington and all the the greeners out there, let's call them the greeners, um, demonizing anyone who dares to work with the oil industry and then they slap on all these idiotic regulations over over regulate them red tape after red tape taxation after taxation um you do all this together and then you tell them to top it off you tell everybody that anybody who dares to work for the oil industry They're evil because they're destroying our planet. So you do all of that, and you expect investors, woke, multimillionaire investors, liberals to invest in the oil industry? No, they're not going to do that. That's not the hip, that's not the cool electric vehicle thing to do. So instead, they're going to invest in in solar panels or Teslas or whatever, crypto. How's that going? <laughs> Ask uh, FTX how that's going. So so our, our, our oil industry has been under-invested in or not invested in, it's proper terminology. And so, but, but, but guess what's happened sim- happening simultaneously? 
We got record energy use. We got record energy use. Why? Because we keep building houses, adding them to the grid. We keep building new businesses, and all this is good things, by the way. We keep uh, building new businesses, adding them to the power grid. Uh, We got this new thing called electric vehicles. What do those need? Well, they need power from our electrical grid, which is fueled by fossil fuels. So we're plugging, you know, thousands, if not millions of new electric vehicles into our grid every year. And so you add all this up, um, it's really a, a storm, a storm not waiting to happen, but a storm happening. Uh, California, just this year and in, in recent years, they've had blackouts and brownouts uh, because they've got too much demand and not enough power production. Uh, uh, Texas, just a couple years ago, they had a, a terrible winter storm come through. And while their the entirety or the majority of their grids not run off these windmills, some of it is a portion of it is, and uh, all these windmills froze up. All the windmills froze up when the ice storm came through. So they weren't they were producing zero zero energy. Um, then of course when an ice storm comes through, well it's cloudy because it's raining and sleeting and snowing, so it's cloudy, and so all your solar farms are producing little, if any, power. And so all the reliance jumps over to the reliable source of energy, which is fossil fuels, and it just can't meet the demand. Uh, So you have various blackouts uh, around Texas. Um, uh, Terrible, terrible situation there. So if if America wants to make smart decisions, if we want to make decisions that are for the betterment of Humanity, because that should be our number one priority, right? Do we do we worship the earth, or, or do we worship uh, people that are created in the image of God? And not that we worship them, but what do we value more? This is a this is a, a really theological question. What do we va- What do you value more? Do you value a tree more than you value a human created in the image of God? Genuine question, and that's something you need to struggle with. Hopefully you don't have to struggle with it, but something you need to discuss. We can value, we can appreciate God's creation. We can we can actually be good good stewards and caretakers of God's creation. That's what we're called to do, to have dominion over the earth, to care for the earth. But we're not called to worship the earth. We are called to love our neighbor as ourself. We're not called to love a tree as ourself. We can love our neighbor as ourself and care for fellow human, human beings that are created in the image of God. But we must not place... The quote-unquote preservation of trees and plants and grass over the flourishing and the caretaking of people created in the image of God. Because when you do that, you are getting God's created order out of whack, out of order, and you're misplacing your priorities. So we care for our neighbors. We love our neighbors. We take care of our families. We do what is needed to foster human life. 
And then once we've done that, we also care for God's creation, for the beasts of the fields, for the plants of the fields, etc., etc. AFA at the core. we got one segment left. Stay tuned. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the Core here on American Family Radio Network. Glad to be with you on the program. We are live streaming on Facebook, AFA at the Core Facebook. You can go there and watch the show. Uh, We are on our streaming platform, streaming.afa.com. Dot net streaming.afa.net. You know, one story that has been uh, trending or out there for the past week or so is what's going on in China. Well, this is fascinating stuff, pretty historic stuff. Uh, China, the Chinese Communist Party, they've been operating, and by the way, this is where COVID came from. Let's not forget. Chinese Communist Party. Um, has been operating under this, and this is this is quite laughable. This is about as laughable as the Netherlands story. And if you missed out on that because you haven't been listening to the whole show, then go subscribe to our podcast on your podcast store. Just type in AFA at the core uh, and find the show and subscribe to the podcast. You can go back and listen to the whole Netherlands story. But this is about as wild as that. And what I'm talking about is China operating under, for the last two-plus years, uh, nearly three, operating under this zero-COVID policy? What's that? Well, it's the their policy in China where their goal is to achieve zero-COVID cases. Yeah, that's laughable, right? That's like America saying, we're going to get to zero flu. We're going to get to zero COVID. We're going to get to zero diabetes. (laughs) That's not possible. We're not in heaven. We don't have glorified bodies. You're not going to get to zero any illness. But that's what China's been operating under, and it's really all a show. I mean, nobody really thinks that they can achieve zero COVID or COVID zero. And furthermore, they've been highly underreporting their their COVID numbers since the very beginning. I mean, they've got these these mega, mega population centers. Or if you wanna, you know, cause the left's head to spin, you call them mega population centers. <laughs> China's got these MAGA population centers, massive population centers, millions of people in there. I mean, the country's got billions. But 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 these Chinese cities, of course, they got tens of millions of people in them. Huge mega cities. And they were reporting and have been reporting like three cases a day out of a city of 10 million people. Three COVID cases a day. And they're testing everybody. So it's not like you're not doing any tests. They're testing everybody. Like people that aren't sick go get tested just because the government says they have to. And so 
the 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 uh, China's been reporting these numbers, and 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 like you look at the numbers, and you're like, come on, like who are we kidding? And the media has actually been reporting on the numbers. So like American media outlets are reporting, like China has 17 new COVID cases in the whole country on Tuesday, and it's like, what? Like we've got 17 new COVID cases, like on this little neighborhood street today. And so it's all a joke. It's all laughable. And China ought to be mocked for it, which I'm kind of trying to do here, uh, because nobody believes it. Nobody believes it. And, and they're, China's trying to put on this front of we've got it all put together. We are the Chinese Communist Party. We are the totalitarian, totalitarian government of the world. We can control illness. We can control everything. We can control every aspect of the lives of our citizens, etc., etc. So it's all this big front. Why? Because Chinese, the Chinese Communist Party is historically is historically known for its very fragile ego. I mean, they come off as tough. They come off as strong. They come off as heavy-handed, and they are in many regards. They're very brutal. They've got these these concentration camps, basically like like the Nazis were running. They've got those today in China. They imprison people because of their 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 genetics or their heritage or their background or their religion. They 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 uh, they they imprison people for 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 no crimes just because they don't like them or they haven't submitted to the government. So very brutal regime, terrible track record on human rights, and. Um, and so that's China, but but their, the Chinese Communist Party's ego is very fragile. They get very flustered. They get very upset if they're if they're slandered or are are spoken ill of in the media and around the world. They get very very upset. Um, and so you've got that going on in China, uh, the zero COVID approach. All right. Well, as of about this past week, there was there's protests that have been breaking out. And this doesn't happen very often in China because they're so brutal. They're so anti-free speech. They have no no protections for human rights and First Amendment. None of that exists in China. Whatever the government says goes. Uh, media is controlled 100% by the government. Um, everything's controlled by the government. There's really not such thing as like private corporations. They're all quasi-state-run entities. So that's China. That's the background. Well, just this past week, you have thousands of people on the streets of Ch- in the streets of China protesting because they're fed up with it. These people have been locked in their house for three years. They've been wearing these full body hazmat suits, mask, the whole nine yards um, for the last three years. And people, the, the people of China are just fed up with it. They're done with it. And they're getting tested every day, so on and so forth. So it's a terrible situation over there. So they've been protesting. But listen to this. So that that's China. We know about China, right? Very evil regime. Then we've got America. All right. We've got America, and we've got two parties over here, and then you got independents and et cetera, et cetera. But you got two parties. you got two ideologies. you got the Democrats. They want big government. They claim they're for equality. They claim they're for human rights, and they claim they're for the right of protesters. Remember the summer of riots, 2020, burn the streets down, George Floyd riots? Remember that? 
I mean, our own vice president, Kamala Harris, then U.S. senator, was creating, like, bail funds to bail out the criminals. Well, that same party, the Democrats, now controlling the White House. I better be careful. I'm, like, hitting the table now. The White House said this week, listen to the boldness and the courage coming out of the White House. When they were questioned on China and the freedom protesters in China that just want freedom and a break from government tyranny, when the White House was questioned, you know, what do you think about what's going on in China? The uh, White House spokesperson was on Fox and Friends. Um, This was John Kirby, longtime Democrat operative, now working for the White House. He said, quote, the White House doesn't want to take a side. The White House, he said, let's see, uh, he said the White House is on the side of peaceful protest, which in China there's no such thing as peaceful protest. There's no protest allowed in China. But then he goes on to say, but isn't taking a side in terms of what these protesters are about? So so, so uh, we're, 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 we're in favor of peaceful protesters, but we're, we're not going to speak to their calls. We're not going to speak to their calls. We're not going to give validity. We're not going to give voice to their frustrations. We're not taking a side. This is this was a pivotal moment in American history, at least a modern modern American history, where you have historic protest in a very very brutal regime, but you have the people that want freedom putting their lives at stake to protest to try to get back some freedom. And the, 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 the historic freedom beacon of hope called the West, centrally America, all we have to say from the White House is, well, we're not going to really, you know, pick a side on, on the, the, the concerns of the protesters. That is weakness displayed on the world stage. That's a not only a missed opportunity, but a fumbled opportunity. I mean, we our, our commander in chief ought to be do at the at the podium in in the press briefing room press briefing room saying these people in China need freedom. That's what they need. They need freedom, and we 100% support them. That's what Biden should say. That's easy. This is like, hey, we're against tyranny 101, but we can't say that. Why? Because I don't know. Does Hunter Biden still got business deals with China? Does Joe Biden still have business deals with China? Is there a conflict there? Are we still invested in Chinese corporations? What's the deal? So this is an embarrassment, missed opportunity, fumbled opportunity by the White House. And uh, they just can't – we're just not going to weigh in. We're just not going to fall down on the side of peaceful protest. We're not going to weigh in on their concerns. 
Um, absolutely weak, very, very shameful. Um, and one of the reasons that I believe Democratic administrations, the White House, Biden, this whole crew, the reason they don't want to denounce what the CCP is doing to its people is because they actually sympathize with these tyrants. Well, well, how can you say that? Well, look at their actions. All right, let's come back to America. Let's look at the actions of the Biden administration. We've got we've got an administration that wanted to punitively damage anyone who would not take an experimental COVID shot in order to keep their job or go to eat in New York City. So we had we had an administration that wanted to uh, uh, dishonorably discharge military personnel. If they didn't want to take the COVID shot, dishonorably discharge them. Then we had an administration and an FDA and a CDC that fully supported private corporations that were firing hardworking American employees because they didn't want to participate in the COVID-19 shot. This is an administration that wants to force Christian doctors, Christian uh, hospital systems to kill babies in the name of abortion. This is this is an administration that wants to put Christian universities, Christian Ministries, churches, they want to close their doors if they don't bow the knee to bell and worship at the altar of sexual deviancy. This is this th- these are a people that think the government is God. Whatever the government says should go, no questions asked. They think that big tech corporations are basically quasi-state actors and should act in the best interest of whatever regime is in charge at any given time. Which is why the Biden administration and previous administrations have worked hand-in-hand with private tech corporations and banking and the whole banking industry – to deplatform and demonetize individuals and companies and organizations that they disagree with ideologically. Everything I'm saying is not exaggerated. It's not conspiratorial. All of this stuff has already happened. It's not something I'm predicting. This stuff's already happened. And when you put it down all on paper, you think I'm talking about the Chinese Communist Party. You're like, Okay, they want to fire people for not submitting to the state to the state plan for their health care. Okay, they wanna they wanna deplatform people on websites that because they disagree with the state position on an issue. Okay, they don't want them to be able to bank or have any kind of financial transactions with the public. 
because they don't agree with their ideology. Okay, check, check, check. Are we talking about the Chinese Communist Party? Nope, nope, we're not, although they do that too. We're talking about Joe Biden and his crew. This is the problem of our day. People of all backgrounds, of all ideological stripes, should be fearful and concerned about the Democrat agenda that wants to deplatform everyone they disagree with. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.